Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us in our studio Ed DeVos. Mr. DeVos is a highly decorated military officer and is also an experienced writer of thought-provoking historical fiction. His books The Stain, The Chaplain's Cross, Revenge at King's Mountain, and Family of Warriors feature characters who model valor, integrity, honor, and courage as they face spiritual and moral dilemmas that warriors have always faced on the battlefield. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Curtis. Good to be here. And it's great, right, I was going to say, it's great to have you back because you were here in January of this year, and here we are in December of 2018, and you had come and done a presentation about one of your other books, Family of Warriors, and today you are a part of our Speaker at the Center program yet again, and you're talking about your other book, one of your other books, Revenge at King's Mountain. So, um, So talk to us a little bit about... Uh, revenge at King's Mountain. How did it come about, and what's what's it all about? Um, I'm not sure how many of your, of your uh, listening audience have been to King's Mountain, but first of all, I would I recommend that you go to it. If it, King's Mountain is about 30 miles uh, west of Charlotte, okay, in a in a very quiet place of South Carolina uh, near Rock Hill, um, but it's a, a quiet place. But it really was where the revolution changed. It's where the uh, up until that point, the, the momentum was on the side of the British. Mm-hmm. And in October of 1780, it was the Battle of Kings Mountain. The good guys win, mm-hmm. uh, which then put the whole momentum going toward the uh, the Patriots. And a year later, we have this thing called Yorktown. Mm-hmm. Uh, historians will call this the turning point of the revolution. But again, most people don't 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 even know it's there. Mm-hmm. If you're on mm-hmm. the interstate between Spartanburg and Charlotte okay. on I-85, just when you cross the North Carolina-South Carolina line, mm-hmm. Is this big old sign that says King and Mountain National Military Park, mm-hmm. and it's 10 minutes off the interstate. Hmm. So I, I always try and get people to go there and just experience the. Uh, imagine if you the being on that battlefield, and it literally mm-hmm. is like like an Arlington, where it's hallowed ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you when you know what happened there, then you can kind of look at it and just kind of go, wow. Yeah, and, um, and realize what happened there. How how many Revolutionary War sites do you know of? In, it wasn't Cowpens, wasn't Cal that? Cowpens is twenty miles from Kings Mountain. Okay. Uh, the answer to your question is there are uh, there are more battles in the Revolution fought in South Carolina than any other state in the Union. Really? Uh, depend upon which history book you look at, but about right. <laughs> one hundred and forty three, one hundred and forty four mm-hmm. in that ballpark. Hmm. But more battles, skirmishes fought in South Carolina than any other state in the Union. Hmm. And most people don't know that. But our history has these places all around us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, everywhere from, from a place called Musgrove Mills to where, where Francis Marion fought to Charleston, uh, which in those days was called Charlestown, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, down near Savannah, uh, all over the place. A Ni- place called 96. Mm-hmm. Camden, which is, what, 20 miles from here? Exactly. Two big battles fought in Camden. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know that. Yeah, yeah. They're, or they're, maybe if they've heard it, but they just didn't spend the time to look at it. Right, exactly. And so the, to kind of get to your, your question, the reason uh, that we wrote this book about Kings Mountain is to ex- remind people what's there, mm-hmm. what happened here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think of, of that battle, uh, most people have been to um, Sevierville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. John Sevier fought at Kings Mountain. Oh. Most people have been to uh, Shelby, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Isaac Shelby fought at Kings Mountain. Mm. 
Uh, go to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Joseph Winston fought at Kings Mountain. Wow. So these names that are kind of, that we have in the in the North Carolina, South Carolina mountains and in, in what is now Tennessee, mm-hmm. those were guys who fought at places like Kings Mountain. That's where those names came from. Okay. Uh, if you think of, uh, if you're on the Interstate 95 going from uh, South Carolina into Georgia, you'll go through Jasper County. Mm-hmm. Jasper County was named for a, a hero at the Battle of, of Charlestown in 1776, hmm. Sergeant Jasper. So these names are all around us. Right, yeah, but, we see them on, so the on signs. Again, it's just to kind of go, hey, let's, let's dig at this a little bit and let's see who these guys are mm-hmm. and, and really understand that without them, we wouldn't be talking about them. We mm-hmm. wouldn't be here. Well, talk to us a little bit about the book itself. Why Revenge at King's Mountain? Uh, what you have, initially, we, we really wrestled with the title, I will tell you. Uh, at first, it was going to be Buford's Revenge, hmm. uh, a battle fought in May of, of uh, 1780 where the, the, uh, the Redcoats just stampeded through the, the uh, Patriots and mm-hmm. killed a number of guys, just flat out killed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy in charge of the American forces was a guy named Buford. The code name at King's Mountain, when the, when the Patriots now are attacking up King's Mountain, the, the code word was Buford's Revenge. Hmm. That's what the there was. That's kind of what was leading them to that. But that title really didn't tell what the book was about, and so I kept backing away from that. And as the publisher and I were talking, we just really said, you know, "Revenge at Kingsman" is the better title, mm-hmm. and that's how it came to be in, in terms of that. But with many books, I don't I don't know if your readers really or your listeners um, have been experienced that. But when you look for titles of books and covers of books and it really is a wrestling match. You're trying to, to really draw people in to, to be curious what the heck this thing is about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's part of, of what we go through as authors is what's how do you get a title and what, what's the cover and how you how you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just part of the process of, of writing a book. Mm-hmm. Just so that we kind of understand about the book itself, to kind of describe the the setting and the time. What, what, um, what were people's lives like during this mm. time? Think of if you're in the middle of South Carolina, uh, here really in the Columbia area is a good example. Uh, was there such thing as Columbia, South Carolina? The answer is no. Hmm. There was Camden, there was a little town. There was mm-hmm. there was Charlotte, maybe about 20 or 30 uh, buildings with a, at a crossroads. There hmm. was a place called 96, which was a fort. And that's in Newberry County? Uh, 96 is in uh, Greenwood County, actually. Okay. Greenwood County. But you've got a farm, let's say you have a farm, um, you're a Scotch-Irish guy. You came into the country in 1760 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was too crowded in New England. <laughs> so right. you got in the old wagon trail, which came down through the through Virginia and, and found this little piece of ground. Mm. Maybe, And so you, you started your family right there. Wow. And I'm about three or four miles away from you, and I start my family. Mm-hmm. But for maybe for whatever purposes, you, are, you think you ought to stay with the king. You think our country should stay with the king. Mm. And I'm kind of going, no, we should, we should kind of get away from the king. We should start a new country. Mm-hmm. And over time, we kind of clash. Mm-hmm. And that clash becomes maybe going from just words to maybe fist fights. Or maybe, um, maybe you steal one of my cows. And what am I going to do? I'm going to kind of go after your cows. Mm. And so these, these rifts become bigger and bigger and bigger as we get a few more people involved. And uh, then all of a sudden, you've got part of the country is, is uh, back to John Adams said it very well. One third of the country wanted to stay with the king. Mm-hmm. One third wanted to rebel from the king. Mm-hmm. The other third said, leave me alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were indifferent. They, they were indifferent their until, land. <laughs> they were indifferent until the clash that you and I were having killed one of their cows. Oh, and then all of a sudden, they've got to kind of they go They were back drawn in. 
And you found these, many of these people went back and forth from sides. Maybe they were for the British one day, mm-hmm. then based on what was going on, then they were for the Patriots the next day. Mm-hmm. And they kept going back and forth. And that happened at Kings Mountain. And how did, how did these settlers acquire their land? Were these the land grants? Basically, they just could, came in and said, okay, that's my property. And they started off. There, were, there was no really organization. There mm-hmm. was no sheriff. There was no mm-hmm. um, real, real uh, formal way in which they did that. They mm-hmm. just staked out their claim, and there they were. Yeah. And uh, so it was, it was a man who could have or a piece of land and say, okay, now I'm going to – I'm independent. Here I am. Mm-hmm. And start that. Kind of idyllic, isn't it? <laughs> really, when you think about it, until you, it's like a lot of things. It sounds really good until you put human nature in it, and you put pride, and you put right. uh, different things, and all of a sudden you're, you're kind of got a clash that you didn't expect mm-hmm. or intend mm-hmm. to have happen. Well, you know, looking at the the title of your book, I see a picture of a mountain, and a lot of times I don't <laughs> think of South Carolina as being, uh, you know, having a yeah. big big yeah. mountain. So, is there an actual Kings Mountain? There is a. It's called Kings Mountain. More like a hill, uh, it's though. A, it's a good-sized hill. <laughs> okay. But it's actually there's a cluster of hills right there. Uh-huh. Certainly not like the Rocky Mountains or the Smokies. Right. They're far, far less. But uh, but they were mountains from the standpoint of, of uh, Russia. It was kind of flat land around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, people kind of wonder where the name Kings Mountain came from. Well, um, there was a guy named King mm-hmm. who settled on that property. It oh, became okay. Kings Mountain. So All it right. wasn't named for the King of England. Right. It was just and that's guy. what I think a lot of people yeah, would have yeah. thought. It's much like uh, Cowpens, which is about 20 miles there. People think, well, how did the name Cowpens get there? Well, it was where cows were penned, uh-huh. <laughs> i.e. Cowpens. <laughs> nothing, nothing real fancy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very matter of fact. Yeah, but, uh, kind of plain times, to, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. You'd ask the question how the, the, the King's Mountain battle came to be. Well, mm-hmm. um, the British uh, man who was in charge of a formation of patriots uh, was trying. He was very long and involved story, but basically he ended up on Kings Mountain. He defended that Kings Mountain. He mm. had about a thousand guys up on top there. Wow! And the a force of patriots who was following him, uh, the guy's name was Ferguson, mm-hmm. uh, found out that he was at Kings Mountain, and they just charged up the mountain, hmm. and uh, three times, because the initial charge they they started to go up, and the British charged back down with a bayonet charge. Hmm. So the patriots go back. Mm-hmm. Then they come up again. Mm-hmm. They go back down. Third time they had killed enough of the the, uh, the loyalists with rifle fire, they were able to get up on top of the mountain. And that's where then the revenge comes in. Okay. Think of the a situation now where, where you have had, you've got a guy right there in front of you who's who's uh, surrendered. But he's the guy who, who uh, maybe beat up on your son mm-hmm. in the middle of South Carolina, maybe mm-hmm. a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Now he's right there. Mm-hmm. What do you do? And in some cases, we, we flat murdered them right there, mm-hmm. maybe a couple hundred of them, until the officers kind of got things squared away. But that was a place where revenge really took place. Mm. And again, it went back six months before that from the from the a battle that took place in, in uh, May of 1780 uh, when an American force was overrun by British. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that, and so that was kind of the revenge aspect that we just carried mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but again, there was a lot of fighting that had gone on in, in, in the middle of the state for a number of uh, months. Mm-hmm. And um, this was now a time when the, the uh, patriots could get back at them. Mm-hmm. Not unusual in those days. That happened in other battles also where the, the loyalists did the same thing. They would capture a, a, um, a patriot. And I'll give you an example there. Uh, seven guys, seven neighbors of one man surrounded him one day. And this was near Newberry County. Mm-hmm. It happened in... Uh, I think it was May or June of 1780. 
uh, these seven neighbors uh, surrounded their, their, uh, this guy they knew and says, are you a patriot? The guy says, yes, I am. Without another word, they took him over that tree and hung him. Wow. Now, within two weeks, this man's son who was killed, those, his, his sons found six of the seven guys who murdered him, and they murdered them. Mm-hmm. So this went back and forth and back mm-hmm. and forth and mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, well, interesting times. If you could kind of describe, I, I, you, you've described what the patriots uh, kind of were like, but who were these British soldiers? Were they just, you know, young kids who were poor, who were sent over to America to defend the In, king? Interestingly enough, the loyalists, um, again, think of someone who was raised in the United States who was simply loyal to the king, mm. hence the name loyalist. Okay. At the Battle of Kings Mountain, a thousand loyalists, a thousand patriots, there was only one guy who considered himself to be not an American. Hmm. Only one guy. He was the head of the Loyalists. Okay. Uh, a major by the name of Patrick Ferguson. Ferguson was a British officer. Mm-hmm. All the rest of the guys he commanded felt that they were Americans. Hmm. They were American Loyalists. Oh, wanted to stay okay. with the king. All right. Uh, the Patriots, again, wanted to get away from the king. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that Battle of Kings Mountain, only one guy was did not consider himself to be an American. That's interesting because when you think of these Revolutionary War battles, you think, oh, the the British are coming, and, and it's well, the, of course the British, those, you know, who yeah, are. But many of those battles were fought up in the north. Right. You know, at Saratoga or um, Brandywine, places like that where you had, where you had British forces who came over mm-hmm. uh, that were fighting there. The, the south was pretty much of a, a guerrilla war. It was... It was kind of a civil war before there was a thing called a civil war, mm. if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, you had neighbors against neighbors. You had mm-hmm. um, literally. Wow. Know, so. And what kind of, you, you mentioned bayonets, and what kind of, of um, arms? Weapons, to, weapons. Yeah. <laughs> the Patriots tended to be uh, armed with a Kentucky long rifle. Okay. If you can imagine, um, you've probably seen pictures of those things where very accurate weapon out to maybe two, three hundred meters, but mm-hmm. took a, took a little while to kind of reload those things. Sure, uh, there was no bayonet on the end of those weapons. Mm. The British were armed with the thing called a Brown Bess, which was a more of an area type type weapon, but it had a imagine a bayonet about seventeen inches long. Mm. Now, if you're a patriot and you're trying to reload your weapon after you shot you know shot at you, but I missed you, mm-hmm. and you're charging me with a bayonet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. What's what, going to happen? What, what, what do you think is going to happen here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. I mean, the you, know, you kind of run away, or, you know, until mm-hmm. you kind of get your, get your act together a little mm-hmm. bit. But, but uh, and that those weapons uh, definitely had a difference there at Kings Mountain. So now, with Ferguson being there and being British, was he getting supplies from the British to help the Loyalists try to win? The whole battle really hinged on the fact that the. Um, this will take a little bit of detail here, but. You had the British in, in 1780, in May of 1780, take over Charleston. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine 5,000, 5,000 American soldiers surrendered in Charlestown mm. in May of 1780. Now, at that point in time, Cornwallis, who was the, the commander of the British, pretty much thought he had the, the rest of the state uh, controlling that. He, he thought that. Mm-hmm. He was unaware of this, this conflict in the middle of the state that we just described before, against neighbor against neighbor. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the idea was for Cornwallis to take his soldiers, his, the, the bulk of his force, from Charlestown, head toward, toward uh, Charlotte, mm-hmm. going through Camden, heading up that way. Uh, big battle fought near Camden. 
uh, in which the British win. Mm -hmm. But as Cornwallis is trying to make his move from Camden to Charlotte, mm -hmm. he sends Ferguson with his uh, with his forces over near. He wanted to. He was concerned about guys coming across the mountains, mm -hmm. the mountains in what we would now be Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, they were called over the mountain people. Mm -hmm. So he sent Ferguson and told him to, to cover his flank, basically to protect his flank as he went north toward, uh, toward Charlotte. Uh, Ferguson got around uh, Lake Lure, North Carolina, in that mm -hmm. area. Sends a message across the mountain to, uh, to uh, John Severe and Isaac Shelby, who lived across the mountains. Mm -hmm. The message was, if you come across these mountains, I'm going to kill you. Mm. Now, what do you think Shelby and Severe and all the guys who lived on that side of the mountain were thinking? Mm -hmm. You know, here's a guy who's challenging their pride. Yeah. So they come across the mountain. Of course. They're called over-the-mountain men. Okay. And they then followed Ferguson, who then ends up on King's Mountain. Shelby, Severe, and those horses with him then attack. Mm. Uh, what's interesting about the over-the-mountain men is that um, the park system, the park service system, uh, right now the park ranger at uh, King's Mountain is also in charge of cowpens mm -hmm. and also in charge of the over-the-mountain trail. Hmm. which is uh, a place called Sycamore Shoals in, in, in uh, what is now Tennessee, mm -hmm. where those guys started their, their movement over the mountains. Uh, that trail exists in our park system today, mm -hmm. and, and there are men and women every year, every year, to reenact the Battle of Kings Mountain. Hmm. They make that trek across those mountains. Wow. They leave on the 25th of September, which was the same day that their ancestors uh, lived mm -hmm. or started. Uh, they end up at Kings Mountain on the on the 6th of October for the attack on the 7th of October. Jeez. When as they come across the mountains, they educate school children on the revolution, mm. and they've done that for a number of years. That that trail has been in existence, I think, since uh, 1934, something like that. Wow. But uh, but the people in that area, they they want to. Uh, make sure that people understand, remember mm -hmm. why that battle was fought and, and the sacrifices that were made to, to have that happen. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and I think in the South, we tend to hear a tremendous amount about the Civil War, but we tend not to hear an awful lot about the Revolutionary yeah. War. So oh, you're right, you're right. So, yeah, I think it's important to, to kind of keep yeah. these memories alive. Yeah. And what I like about, and one of the reasons, too, for writing this book was to to help people understand um, the kind of people that lived in those times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, for example, let's say, I want you to imagine now, a guy who is, fights at Kings Mountain, he's a patriot, mm -hmm. he loses his leg. He was one of these guys who came across the mountains. He actually lived in, in Abington, Virginia. Mm. Came across the mountains, lost his leg at Kings Mountain. This is October of 1780. Mm -hmm. Somehow his wife, who lives in Abington, Virginia, finds out about it. Mm. She comes across those mountains by herself, wow. in a wagon, I assume, mm -hmm. or a horse, certainly, to find her husband, nurses him back to health, takes him back across the mountains to live happily ever after. That's crazy. Now think, <laughs> now think of that in today's time, what that woman went through to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, think of a woman who is in Charlestown, Mm -hmm. Okay, her name is Rebecca Mott, actually. Uh, when the British were there, uh, Cornwallis actually had his headquarters in her home. Mm. Now, Rebecca Mott is a staunch, staunch patriot. Mm -hmm. She put up with it because obviously she didn't have a whole lot to say about it. Sure. Uh, but a few months later, after Kings Mountain, Francis Marion mm -hmm. 
is about where he's, he's got some, some British uh, soldiers trapped. And Rebecca Mott's, her, her, actually her, her uh, I'll say her, her family house, mm-hmm. which is about 30 miles south of Columbia. Mm-hmm. And Marion says, uh, these British are in your house. And she, Rebecca says, burn the house down. Wow. <laughs> Let's get rid of them. Uh-huh. Gosh. I mean, see, so you, you hear these things, you just kind of go, those are the kind of people mm-hmm. that lived in those days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were staunch, staunch mm-hmm. patriots, mm-hmm. willing to give up everything so that we can have what we have today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were families that, who's, who, had, who fought on both sides. At mm-hmm. Kings Mountain, there are two instances for, particularly, there were two guys, um, I'm sorry, three, three on the British side up on top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Their brother was at the bottom of the mountain attacking them. Mm. All four were killed that day. Wow. You have another situation where you had two men against two men, two on top, two on the bottom, brothers. Mm-hmm. All four of them lived that day. Hmm. Had a situation where you had a, a guy who had been a patriot who'd fought, who had fought with Shelby, with Severe, uh, for a, at a number of smaller battles uh, prior to King's Mountain. Mm-hmm. His dad is a staunch uh, loyalist. Mm-hmm. The dad says, son, I want you to fight with me at King's Mountain. Now, what are you going to do, son? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He ended up fighting with his father on top of King's Mountain. The father is killed in the battle. Uh, the son is not. Mm. And so when, when Shelby and Severe say, what, you know, what are you doing you know, after the battle? He explained to them what happened. Uh, they forgave him. Mm. Took him back into the, into the Patriot fold, and he later gets a, a pardon okay. and, and receives a pension. Later that, you know, when wow. those pensions are given in the 1820s, 1830s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, all kinds of things like that that are, that are happening. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, he was d- doing what he, his father wanted him to do. And if he didn't, he might have run the risk of not inheriting yeah, whatever yeah, property yeah. or, just, you know. I think the love of his father because, it's, you know, for that particular time. Mm-hmm. Just those kind of things are happening. Sure, sure. And uh, that's one of the reasons I think we write the book, too, and try and put um, the reader in those situations mm-hmm. in terms of, Okay, what would you do? Right. Uh, with all of the books that we, we've done, and all these things I, I might add are on Amazon, and if people are ebook readers, these mm-hmm. are available ebook and that sort of thing. But uh, we don't, uh, we're not trying to change history. We are not, that's uh, not my job. Sure. <laughs> my job is to make it breathe. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My job is to make it come alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to put the dialogue in there that fits in with what was actually happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, try and put the reader in those situations to say, okay, what would you do? Sure. You're the son. Mm-hmm. Dad says I want you to fight with me, but yeah. you, you fought the other guys. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And military history is a big genre. I mean, there's a lot of people who really, you know, like to focus on that. Yeah. Um, so since you've got the book here with you, is there a particular part maybe you'd like to read for our listeners? I I look through here. I, I guess I'm – I'll pass on that one. <laughs> <There's> okay. not, <laughs> I, I'm partial to a lot of, the, a lot of these parts, but I, I think it's, it's interesting to, to – uh, Put yourself in the situation with these guys and, and really think in terms of what would we do and how would we do mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do have, by the way, links to, um, and this is Deeds Publishing. Deeds Publishing, yes, Deeds sir. Publishing. Yeah. And uh, we also have a link to Goodreads, which has uh, a lot of information about Mr. DeVos's book. I'll so, put a quick um, little plug in here for Deeds sure. Publishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the publisher of Deeds Publishing is a guy named Bob Babcock. Mm-hmm. Bob uh, was in Vietnam two years before I was. Okay. Uh, he was an infantry officer in the 22nd Infantry. 
Uh, all of our infantry regiments have slogans. Mm -hmm. uh, the slogan of uh, the 22nd Infantry is deeds, not words. Mm. I think just think about that slogan for just a minute as mm -hmm. far as soldiering. Sure. Deeds, not words. Yeah. Bob stayed in the Army for about four years and then got out, worked for IBM for a number of years, but then started his publishing company. Mm. And so when he did, he was looking for a good name, Deeds Publishing. Hmm. And about 50% of his books are military books. Okay. And, uh, and uh, just, but that's, how, that's how that title comes and how it fits together. Interesting. With, uh, with that. Yeah. Um, so what kinds of other projects have you got maybe coming up in the coming months or any other writing projects in the future? Well, in fact, I've, I've kind of taken a little break from book writing for right now. Mm -hmm. um, kind of takes a long time, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I would at least three years, depending upon how you do it, at least the kind of thing I do, because I want to make sure that whatever we write down for for the reader, mm -hmm. we want to make sure the history is right. Mm -hmm. And uh, not surprising, as you as you pick up, King's Mountain is a good example, you'll find one source says this happened, Another source says this This is how it really happened. Another mm -hmm. source may say, no, it didn't happen. You have to sort through all that and really do a lot of research to make sure what goes into the book is, in fact, as, as accurate as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to to uh, teach someone that something did not happen. Sure. I, that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, so that's that's where the timing, it just takes a long time to sort through that. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine, actually, who writes historical narrative just as I do, uh, we were talking about it one day. It took he and I on separate separate issues almost a week to write a paragraph. <laughs> wow! Because we kept finding different things that said that just they were in total conflict together. Yeah. And we needed to do enough research to make sure that what what was down there was in fact accurate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, the answer to your question, as far as subjects right now, I've I've been able to spend some time and go back and look at some other projects I've done before. Um, leadership articles, in fact, a. Um, I've written articles before for the Infantry Magazine out of Fort Benning, Georgia, mm -hmm. and just had a, a, pub, a article on leadership that was just published um, in the Infantry Magazine. And also maybe taking a look at, we're taking a look now at making that for, for businesses as well, leadership mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. for business magazines. Mm -hmm. But I've um, got some ideas also for Christian magazines that I want to do, and um, I want to take time to do that and do those right. Mm -hmm. Because we've, the great thing about the, the things I've done now for the last six or seven or eight years, I've got a lot of data on a lot of different things and, and just want to be able to to really fulfill the dream I've had to make sure that that I can provide something to society that, that will be lasting and meaningful. And, mm -hmm. and uh, so that's how I got right in the first place. Okay. Just didn't want to breathe there when I got old. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's important to... Um, Keep busy and, and yeah. keep your brain active and all of this kind of research that you have to do I, is really, really a lot. And I think to, to make sure that what we do is, is uh, again, we'll leave something for others to, to learn from or to, mm -hmm. to uh, mm -hmm. that they can gain something from. Yeah, well, these books certainly leave that legacy. Well, we're certainly try. Um, we've received a number of, of, uh, of comments about these, and so we're, I know we're kind of on the right, the right track for those sort of things, but mm -hmm. it's just... Uh, in the right direction. Yeah, in the right direction. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, sir. Well, I appreciate the opportunity and, and uh, appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. Until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening.